Run and Reinvent podcast. I'm your host, Jill Perez, and today's guest is Bill Miller, president of Z Solutions here at BMC. We're joined by Allison Kramer, BMC's chief technology advocate. Today, we'll be talking about trends in mainframe security, Amy, and how mainframe runs and reinvents. So Allison, I'll let you take it from here. Great. Thank you, Jill. Bill, welcome to the podcast. We are excited to learn more from you today about the mainframe business. I'm glad to be here and participating in the uh, podcast today. Great. Well, so first question right out of the gate. Um, as you know, we've recently rolled out some, some new concept at BMC around the, uh, the idea of run and reinvent. And I wanted to get some of your perspectives on what does run and reinvent mean in context of mainframe? That's a great question, and in mainframe, we're actually very excited that this is the uh, the new BMC tagline run an event because it really fits like a glove uh, to our mainframe customer base. Uh, we do a survey every year asking for input from our customers, and this year, the top five uh, issues that the customers had, for example, as always in the mainframe space, is cost and availability and security. But one of the ones this year was modernization, modernization of the mainframe. And so run and reinvent fits very nicely into that because we have traditionally helped our customers run their business with our mainframe solutions. But we're also modernizing our technology uh, so the customers can, working with us, reinvent their solutions so they're better prepared for their end users. They're better prepared for uh, a workplace that is bringing on newer talent to the mainframe space. And they're looking for us to develop solutions that are easier to use and that have more automation tied to them so that the workloads stay on the mainframe and even new workloads get attracted to the mainframe because of the ease of use, interest, and automation that's available now. So that's interesting. So you don't always hear modernization in the same sentence with mainframe. So I think what would you, what advice would you give to people who are considering, who have a big mainframe presence, who are trying to make that decision of how they decide, why would you stay with the mainframe or why would you move off? Well, I think that uh, most people that have made a decision to do a hard right and get off the mainframe, it's taken them a long time to get that done. And perhaps they didn't even get it done because they don't really think through the advantages of the mainframe, be it the security, mm -hmm. the availability, the scalability, the trustworthiness, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, of the mainframe. Yeah. And so sometimes they don't really take into account all of those things when they make the plans and try and execute on getting off the mainframe or taking critical apps off the mainframe. You know, about 70% of the world's production workloads still run on the mainframe. Right. And it really only about 6% of the cost of the software and hardware uh, IT spend. Uh, so it's really an amazing statistic when you look at it. And when you add that to the availability of the mainframe and the flexibility of the mainframe, that IBM is now being more proactive in the marketplace with. Uh, it is still a great place to be. And if anything, I expect us to be able to attract more workloads to the mainframe with some of the new things that are going on in the space right now. 
So that makes sense. So would you agree just with the idea that, you know, how modern you are when you look at how assessing yourself isn't dictated by the infrastructure choices, but more just how you're doing your business. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, uh, there's a uh, mainframe might have a connotation that it's old school. And even my kids at times say, dad, what do you do? What's this mainframe all about? We never heard about a mainframe, but uh, there is a lot of coolness to the mainframe. We talk about mainframe being cool here at BMC because uh, we have a lot of young folks that have joined our team that are bringing some of the skills and knowledge that they have of using other technologies that are out there and applying that to the mainframe and allowing us to, to modernize it and make it easier to use and make it such that it's easy to adapt to people that really don't have the skills that our mainframers that have been around for 30 or 40 years have today. That's great. Well, so you mentioned in the beginning about um, security and the advantages, security advantages that mainframe can provide. Do you, can you talk a little bit about the security challenges and how you all have been addressing those for mainframe? That's a great question, Allison, because uh, most people think the mainframe is totally secure. And uh, in reality, that's not the case. Uh, yes, the mainframe is a very secure platform, uh, but it is not impenetrable. Uh, a hacker who knows what they're doing, who knows their way in and out, and they work hard enough with the skills and talent that they can develop, do have the capability to get into a mainframe. Mm -hmm. And then internally, that's externally, then internally, uh, most of the world's data is still on the mainframe. So you don't want people accessing DB2 databases, for example, that shouldn't be gaining access to that data, that information on perhaps people's information, whether it's social security address, phone numbers, and things like that. Right. So it's important that our mainframe customers uh, are aware of that and look at some of the technology that is available to make the mainframe very secure. We've recently made an acquisition of a company called CoreLog, uh, that we're calling now Amy for Security, Automated Mainframe Intelligence for Security. And it is software that allows our customers to work in a more secure mainframe environment, protecting their data and able to assess the data that moves in and out of the mainframe in a more secure fashion. That's fantastic. Um, so do you have any, how, how have your customer base responded to Amy and what, do you have any examples you could share? and how folks are trying to use it? Sure, Amy is uh, automated mainframe intelligence, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, this is a, a rebranding of our whole mainframe product portfolio. Uh, so you will see our products in the marketplace now under the acronym Amy. And what we're demonstrating to our customers is that our top priority is to develop a self-managing mainframe for our customers developing intelligent automation, predictive analysis, and things like that, so our customers can focus more on the parties that they have and use software from folks like BMC to be able to run a more efficient, effective operation in their mainstream shops. We'll be delivering four new products this year in the Amy portfolio. One of those is called Amy for DevOps, which is connecting uh, distributed or open systems application code so it can connect more effectively 
to mainframe developers of DB2, for example, so they have more of a seamless transition when they work together for applications. We'll also be delivering some code uh, and new products that'll allow us to do a predictive analysis. We call it seeing around the corner, which means determining a problem for a customer based on using their historical data before the problem even occurs, whether it's a potential slowdown or worse. We'll also be delivering some remediation once a problem has been determined. And we'll also be delivering a new product uh, for us that will enable us to do a better job, more effective job for our customers today of assessing application workloads in their environments as they want to bring on new applications. So Amy is, again, our, our branding or marketing message, but it's more than that. It's really a path that we're going down to show the customers that we're listening to them and we want them to get excited about the mainframe and we want them to be able to hire people onto their teams that think it's pretty cool working with all the technology that we're developing these days. Uh, one of the coolest things we're working on is, uh, is our GUIs and how our products will look and touch and feel with our customers. And that's something that will be rolling out this year too. So the customers get a different look and feel from a BMC perspective of how our uh, products appear to our customers. Wow, that's a lot going on. Um, so uh, let me see, I'm going to break into some of these. So the first one is um, predictive analysis. There's lots written anymore on um, sorting through the noise in your data and trying to figure out what's predictive and what's just noise. How, um, how, are, how is the tool utilizing that different information and kind of helping people to sort through that and figure out what ca could predict and what is just an anomaly? That's a great question. We are now working on some modeling uh, that'll allow us using some multivariant techniques by looking at all sorts of different angles and looking at customers' historical data. So we're asking customers to give us some historical data for maybe three or six months where in that time frame, they've had maybe a bump in the night or maybe a slowdown or worse. And we put that into our model using their data and then we go back to customers and show them how our model would have potentially identified that slowdown or worse, a bump in the night before it even happened so that uh, they will be able to tell, as I said earlier, they'll be able to look around the corner instead of uh, having something bad happen to them by looking at it. And we have hired a couple of data scientists as well as some architects who are helping us with the modeling and the modeling techniques. And we're now gaining customers who are sharing their data with us so we can make sure the model not only works generically, but also will be a model that works in their specific environment based on the fact that we have their historical data. And we've shown them that historical data has proven to us and to them that that bump in the night could have been foreseen before it happened. That's great, because that's one of the biggest um, criticisms you'll hear of some of the predictive tools is that, you know, it was hard to tell if they were using the right data or not, or even feeding it and making it smart enough, fast enough. It sounds like you guys have made some great investments there. That's, that's a good point. And uh, yes, it, it is a, it, it's a technical challenge that our team has embraced. We have about 30 people working on these projects right now. Yeah. We've hired quite a few people from the outside that have the skill levels, as I mentioned earlier, the architects and the data scientists. 
And so we're very excited about it. Uh, every time we talk to customers about it, Allison, they want to hear more. Yeah. So they hear the detail. They want to know how they can participate. And we call the customers that are raised their hand to participate friends of Amy, mm -hmm. okay, friends of Automated Mainframe Intelligence, because they want to be the first ones in the shoot to kind of see how their data does and what we can do with their data to show them what can happen. Because as you know, in the mainframe environment, be it a slowdown, a bump in the night, or worse, yeah. uh, those are millions of dollars many times in impact on their costs and their environments, not to mention their end user customers. Right. If we can preclude that from happening, uh, everybody wins. Well, and it would sound like with the ability to have the predictive analytics and assessing the workloads and things like that, that you actually then empower folks to have more people be prepared to be able to support the mainframe, right? Because I know skills gaps are typically an issue um, as some, you don't maybe have enough people coming into the mainframe space. Well, do you feel like this will help with that dilemma as well? Yes, Allison, I think it will. You know, I mentioned earlier our mainframe survey and the fastest, two fastest items that are moving up on the chart of customer concerns that were from the mainframe survey input, mm -hmm. where what I mentioned earlier is uh, modernization, yeah. security, but aging workforce is another one. Yeah. Uh, when we started the survey 10, 12 years ago, it wasn't even on the radar screen. Now it's become a top five or six issue for customers. And it's, it's not easy at times to get people coming out of the university that want to jump into the mainframe because they're not even exposed to it at all. But once we get them in here and they get their hands on the technology that I was just talking about, the multivariate technology for predictive analysis and things like that, mm -hmm. they really get excited about it. And they actually bring ideas to our mainframers here uh, that we probably never even thought about because of the knowledge they have and the skills that they've developed over their years that maybe the folks that have been working here for 30 years don't even have a, a sense of, of what that is or the, what experience that might be for them. Right. Well, that's the lifeblood of tech, right? Always getting that infusion of new ideas and perspectives and, and challenges. Okay. So one final question. Um, yeah. Do you have any advice for fellow mainframers out there? Like what is on the horizon? You've talked about predictive analytics. You talked about DevOps. You talked about security. What do you think, that survey next year is going to emerge as really the top trends or top things to keep in mind? Well, I think that, uh, you know, cost is always going to be there for the mainframe, Allison, because the perception is there's a lot of money that's tied to the mainframe. Mm -hmm. However, 30 to 50% of that money is really tied to MLC costs, which are IBM's monthly license charge costs. And one of the things that IBM has announced literally in the past two weeks at a Gartner conference in Orlando uh, is TaylorFit pricing. And this will be a different pricing model that we are supporting, which is a model that allow customers to get basically a lot more creative uh, with how they work with IBM and how they can establish uh, a mechanism going forward on how they're going to pay for their software. Uh, so it's, it's something that, I mentioned earlier that we think uh, it is IBM addressing the concerns of the customers as to the charges of MLC, monthly license charge software, mm -hmm. and the mystique as to how that billing really occurs 
Right. It's done 24-hour rolling averages and things like that. And this will simplify that dramatically, and it will allow them the flexibility of bringing new workloads to the mainframe because the tailor fit pricing allows them to do that at rates that were probably not seen before from IBM. It'll allow them also to take a look at their current workloads and feel better about what they're spending on their workloads for that. So I think that is one thing that uh, I think will be big in the mainframe marketplace over the next year or two. And IBM just announced this last week. And like I said, we're embracing it. It's all about customizing a customer's bill, almost going to a potential consumption model for mainframe pricing. Yeah. And the second one you touched on earlier, I think, I think security is going to be becoming more and more of an issue uh, in the marketplace. Most of what you hear about in security is in the distributed world. And that's where most of the attention is. And that's where you hear a lot of things about it. I think you're going to hear more and more about security as it relates to the mainframe because so much of the world's data is still on the mainframe and the smarter and more creative that hackers get, uh, the mainframe teams have to be well prepared with their CISOs to make sure they protect that mainframe environment. They pass their audits and they can be proactive. And that's one of the reasons we uh, acquired the software called CoreLog our Amy security product that's coming out because we think that's going to be a very hot button for our customers that 10 years ago or five years ago, you didn't hear a lot about frame security other than, Oh, it's okay. You don't need to worry. That's (laughs) not the case. Yeah. I mean, and once you put that, um, it can't be touched, it can't be breached title on something, or there's even a perception the hackers can't resist. Yeah. They'll, they'll, uh, they're attracted to that. Unfortunately, very quickly. You're right. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. It sounds like it's been an an amazing year for Mainframe um, and looking forward to some exciting new challenges. So thank you for um, spending time with us and we will catch up with you again soon, I'm sure. Well, thank you very much, Allison. I enjoyed it. Have a great day. You too. Back to you, Jill. All right. Thank you, Allison. And a very special thanks to Bill Miller for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you on. So thank you for sharing your awesome insights and uh, keeping Mainframe cool. So to our listeners today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. That is a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to the BMC Run and Reinvent podcast. Have a wonderful day.